I'd like for you to do a thought exercise with me. I want you to think for a moment one way in which you have grown uh, in a character trait in recent times. So I want you to think of one character trait that in recent times you have grown in. So for example, maybe you you choose like patience or self-confidence or uh, resilience or compassion, something like that. So think, just choose one, choose one trait uh, that you feel like in recent times you've, you've kind of at least made some forward progress. And now, as you choose that trait, I want you to think of one memory, one memory where you've exhibited that quality, one memory where that, that trait kind of, kind of uh, came alive for you recently. And go back to that memory and think about it for a moment. And, you know, maybe if you chose patience, think of a time where you were more patient. Or if you chose resilience, think of a time where you were able to be more resilient. Or if you chose compassion, think of a time recently where you were able to extend mercy. Something like that. Okay, and now that as you reflect on that memory, chances are you've probably kind of grown in a greater self-acceptance because you have grown in this positive characteristic. There's probably, if you will, to to use this language, a greater self-love because you notice something positive in you. Okay, so what I'm doing here, notice that as we go through this exercise, you just thought about you which might seem silly at first, but let's unpack that for a second. You just thought about you, both as object and as subject. You were the one doing the thinking, but you were also the one being thought about. And as you thought about yourself, you grew into a greater self-love. And so we can distinguish, if you will, between the mind that does the thinking and the you that was thought about, and the love that you grew in for yourself. But, unless you're absolutely crazy, you would never say that there are three different yous. There's still one you. There's only one of you, but yet we were able to distinguish the one thinking, the one being thought about, and the love between the two. I bring this up because this is the analogy that St. Augustine offers to understand the Holy Trinity. Today's Trinity Sunday, and oftentimes, this happens every year uh, on this, you know, uh, this particular weekend after Easter, And as we reflect on the Holy Trinity, it it can be difficult sometimes to really talk about the Trinity because God really is beyond us. Uh, He is divine and, and beyond our understanding. And so it is difficult to speak about truly who God is and and how it all works. But just because he's beyond us doesn't mean that we can't understand him, at least in some way. It doesn't mean that we can't have a faint notion of who he is. We do know, because he's revealed to us, that God is a trinity of persons. But yet, somehow, mysteriously, and only because he is divine and in a divine way, this trinity of persons is still an undivided unity, only one God. 
And so in our, in our human understanding, that doesn't seem like it makes sense. It just seems like it, it, something's awry here. But this is the revelation that we have received, that God has revealed himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but yet still one God. And so today I'd like to just reflect a little bit further on what this actually means and how we can come to a greater understanding of what it means for God to say that he is an undivided trinity. St. Augustine, I believe, offers one of the best analogies in the history and the tradition of the church. He offers that the father is kind of like the mind who does the thinking, and the son is kind of like the one who is thought about, and the Holy Spirit is kind of like the love, the self-love that, that increases as the thinker thinks about himself. But that's just one analogy. Sometimes it's helpful to talk about what God is not to understand a little bit more about who he is. The, you know, in the tradition of the church, we would say that this is the via negativa, the negative way, the way in which we say God is not this, this, and this, and therefore we can maybe have a better understanding of what he might be. So what we know that God is not, we know that God is not three gods. We do not believe in tritheism. We do not believe that the Father is one God and that the Son is another God and that the Holy Spirit is another God, amounting to three gods. That is not what we believe. The Christian tradition is always understood to believe in one God. We are a monotheistic tradition, so we do not believe in tritheism. Nor do we believe that the three divine persons are just three parts to one God. You may have heard the analogy from St. Patrick about the shamrock. And although St. Patrick was able to use this uh, to take one step closer towards the Trinity in order to evangelize the pagans, it still falls short. And if we keep it at that, it is actually a heresy. We cannot say that the Father is like one leaf and that the Son is like the other leaf and that the Holy Spirit's like another leaf, because that's to say that it's just one, three different parts. It's to say that the Father is 33%, the Holy Spirit is 33%, and the Son is 33%, and if they all add up together, you get 100%. That's not what we believe. That would be the heresy called partialism. Instead, we believe that the Father is 100% God. And somehow that the Son is 100% God and that the Holy Spirit is 100% God. And somehow in the divine dimension, 100% times 3 actually still equals 1 God. Nor, another heresy that we can talk about, God is not just three different modes of expressing himself. So maybe you've heard the analogy like this. Like I could talk about my mom who is a wife, she is a mom, and she, um, in her profession, her career, she is a teacher. So although she's one person, JoLynn, she is a mom, a wife, and a teacher. So maybe you've heard of that, like, okay, that might be like the Trinity, right? Like three different, like, roles that God plays. And that is not true either. That would be the heresy of modalism. Unfortunately, we can't say that. Instead, what we can say is that the Father and the Son and the Spirit all act together every time that one of them acts. And they are all equal 
in importance and power. They are all eternal, that before the creation of the world, all three existed, not just the Father. And when they created the world, it wasn't just the Father creating the world. The Son and the Holy Spirit created the world with him. And at the crucifixion, it wasn't just God the Son that was acting. The Father and the Holy Spirit were totally acting as well in that crucial moment. And even now, as we experience the Holy Spirit in our own life and in our own heart, and we try to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, it's not just the Holy Spirit that acts. It's the Father and the Son that acts with them. All three act together. So what we know that God is not, God is not three gods, not tritheism. He is not three parts to one God. He's not partialism. And he is not three masks or modes or roles that he expresses himself as one God, that would be modalism. So then what is he? Well, we know that he is somehow three persons, but one God. We know that this takes a little bit of humility because to some degree, we can't fully grasp this in our human experience. So C.S. Lewis offers some great insight here. He, he kind of uh, explains like the difference of, of seeing a world depending on which dimension of reality you're working with. So consider there's one dimension where you can draw a line. There's two dimensions where you can draw shapes. And there's three dimensions where you can have you know, depth. And uh, we live in a three-dimensional world, right? But in, a, say, a storybook with, with like pictures, it's only two-dimensional. Now imagine if you were a character in a two-dimensional book trying to understand a three-dimensional world. You couldn't wrap your brain about it because all you would know is two dimensions. But the third dimension doesn't disprove the second dimension. In fact, the third dimension includes the second, but it's just beyond it. And in the same way, or maybe not the same, but at least in an analogous way, in a similar way, we can say that the human dimension is below the divine. That the, the divine dimension includes some human elements, but it's still far beyond. And we, although we are in the human dimension, we can get a faint grasp, a faint understanding of what the divine dimension might be like, but we cannot truly grasp it ourselves because we are in a lower level of reality. And so in the human dimension, one person is one being, two persons is two beings, and three persons is three beings, and so on. But somehow in the divine dimension, three persons can be one being without contradicting itself. And we can get a faint notion of this, but we cannot fully see it and grasp it. If you think you understand the Trinity perfectly, you're mistaken. You're probably in some type of heresy. God is beyond us. But that doesn't mean that it's not true. It just means that we have to have the humility to receive what he has given to us. Now, we explained this, and like, why does this matter? Why does it matter to us if we really ponder the mystery of God? Well, I think it's fitting that God did reveal himself as a, as a trinity because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And if we are made in his image and likeness, I think it's fitting to recognize that God is a relationship of persons. God doesn't just have relationships. He is an eternal relationship of three divine persons. That's part of his identity, which is, I've said this before, which is why St. John in his first uh, letter in the New Testament says that God is love. 
You know, every other uh, religious tradition throughout the history of the world uh, may or may not talk about their God or gods having love or expressing love to various degrees. But we, the Christians, are the only religious tradition that says that God is love. That God doesn't just express love. Love is not just something that he does or that he has. That rather love is part of his identity. And if it's part of his identity, if if love, if we have to examine like what is love, in order for love to happen, in order for love to be, there has to be three things. There has to be a beloved, one who loves. There has to be a Oh, sorry, I got that backwards. There has to be a lover, one who loves. There has to be a beloved, one who receives love. And there has to be the love that they share. The beloved, the lover, and the love that they share. And so kind of in, a, in an analogous way, this is another analogy that comes from the tradition of the church. We can say that God the Father is like the lover who loves. And God the Son is like the beloved who is loved. And God, the Holy Spirit, is like the love between them that they share. But, but even as we express that analogy, it still falls short because we're just distinguishing ideas, right? But these, like, like God is so much beyond that and, and even further than ideas, the love or the beloved and the love that they share are each divine person. But all that to say is that God is love. God is a relationship. And if we are made in his image and likeness, then we are designed for relationships. We are, it's written within our humanity. It's written within our own, each of our identities. We are created for love. We are created to be in communion with each other. So I just want you to take a moment uh, to think in your own life. Is there a relationship that needs some attention? Perhaps is there a relationship in your own life, maybe with your friend group, maybe a certain friend that you feel betrayed by, or you know they, they might have said something about you and you, you're, you've been very hurt by that, or maybe you're holding a grudge against them for something that they've done. Or maybe there's been something in your family, like some type of uh, issue or drama or misunderstanding, some kind of riff in the family, or maybe something at work, or maybe something at school. But what is there a relationship, at least one, in your own life that you feel like could probably improve a bit? And so now my next question is, what can you do to image God better in that relationship? If God is an eternal relationship of divine love, total gift of self, the Father totally giving himself to the Son, the Son totally giving himself to the Father, and the Holy Spirit being the expression of that total self-giving love, so that all three persons are eternally in this divine dance, if you will, this divine giving and receiving of total divine love. If that's who God is, and if we are created in his image, then perhaps we too can give ourselves totally to others in our relationships, certainly with appropriate boundaries, right? But, but still that we would be a gift for others, that we would be the first to extend mercy, that we would be the first to humbly admit when we are wrong, that we would be the first to seek reconciliation when something is divided, that we would be peacemakers, that we would be the people of communion, that we would not isolate and, and indulge and protect ourselves so much that life becomes just about comforts and 
selfishness. We are not created to be alone. We discover more and more about God insofar as we are in relationship with others because it's written within our design, because we are made in the image and likeness of the God who is love, the God who is an eternal relationship. So on Trinity Sunday, I hope that all of us can just take a moment to humbly receive divine revelation. God is somehow three who's but one what. God is somehow three persons but one God, and it doesn't contradict himself. Now, we can have the humility to receive it in faith, to recognize that it is fitting and it does make sense even though we can't fully grasp it. And then to recognize, perhaps, that as we are made in his image, perhaps we, too, can be men and women of communion, men and women of relationship. Perhaps we, too, can recognize which relationships in our lives need some attention, and maybe we can take just one more step forward to seek healing and transformation. Amen.